It was a pretty uh, dull slate of uh, games in the Pac-12 last week outside of Boulder. Sucking up all the air in the college football world, the Colorado Buffaloes. Uh, heroic comeback to beat uh, Colorado State, a Colorado State team that WSU absolutely boat raced a couple weeks ago. So we have to deal with them kind of, you know, being national media attention for the next week at least. We're going to talk about all that and more on this week's Eligible Receivers. He's Eric. I'm Warren. Let's start the show. Hello, blog fans. Well, you work all week on trying to identify who the eligible receivers are. This is Eligible Receivers, the show where we review last week's Pac-12 action, pick this week's Pac-12 games against the spread, and keep track of how we're doing on our picks over the course of the season. And I, let's just uh, talk about Colorado off the bat, because that was like basically the only game last week, right? Let's talk about that, and then we can we can hammer through the no-line games, except for the one that mattered. Yeah. Um, and then we can talk about the rest of them. Well, a couple, so, of, them yeah. got, a couple of them got kind of interesting. But uh, the whole of the college football world is, like, singularly focused on what Deion Sanders has going on in Boulder. They had a rivalry game, and there was a big to-do made over Colorado State's coach Jay Norvell uh, criticizing Deion Sanders' sunglasses and hat. Uh, And, oh, you can't give these buffs ammunition like that, you know. He disrespected his mama. We can't do that. Uh, but this actually turned. I mean, it, I mean, the bus were like twenty plus point favorites in this game, right? And they looked for the world like they were going to lose at the end. Comes out that also that Deion Sanders has recently designed and launched a of uh, sunglasses with blenders, a brand like so. Now they've got like the, the Coach Prime sunglasses. Yeah, and then like conveniently, Coach Norvell starts talking about sunglasses last week that becomes a national story my uh theory which i would uh posit is an absolute stone cold fact is that uh coach prime cut norvell in on a little bit of uh the sales for last week because they probably sold 10 million dollars with those sunglasses yeah that's true that's true uh what you know every week we're trying to figure out how good was TCU what's Colorado going to be like this week because I'll tell you I watch I I'm I still watch PTI you know every now and then and to the extent they talk about college football it's all coach prime you know what I mean and Will Bond is like all about the buffs he wants to see everybody who doesn't like the buffs look like fools and I will say so far I mean I, anybody would say Dion's done an amazing job right this was a team that was just listless last year uh, that Travis Hunter guy, uh, the guy who plays wide receiver and defensive back, he's an, an awesome, like grade A, like top ten pick in the NFL draft type of player. Uh, Shadur Sanders looks awesome. People are talking about him as a first round quarterback, and how could anybody disagree? Especially the last drive in this game when they needed eight to tie to get it to overtime, or needed seven to tie to get it to overtime. Remarkable. Their defense kind of sucks, though. Their defense is horrible. Horrible. That's gonna that's gonna catch up to him eventually, and by eventually, I mean immediately. Immediately, uh, yeah. I mean presently, it has caught up to them right now. And so I I learned something else. So you can probably tell from the tone of my intro uh, and my discussion of Colorado so far. I decided I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I stand their shit. Uh, I'm looking forward to a couple weeks from now when we don't have to talk about them anymore when they get slaughtered this week. Uh, yeah, 
it's uh, like, you know, people are talking about them as if like, you know, they're like a, a CFP contender and that Shadur Sanders who looked very ordinary for most of that game once Travis Hunter went out, you know. Uh, but did come through at the end in a clutch manner, which you got to give him credit for at the end of the day. But like, you know that like he's a Heisman guy, and it's like get out of here, dude. Uh, yeah. And that, I guess and there's a lot. I guess what I should say about them is that they elicit strong feelings in me because I was like, because uh, the other thing, you know, that Travis Hunter's got like a podcast, right? Yeah. Uh, he seems awesome. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it was <laughs> it was so deflating to watch how cool this guy seems. He was like, and then he got hurt, which was a total bummer. Yeah, he got hurt, but he's doing these. So he's doing a, a podcast in the game, and he's and they, you know, like he's like you know doing questions from chat or whatever. And first of all, he's dressed in like 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 a like a like a onesie pajama set like that my kid would wear just for adults, you know. Just like kind of cutesy anime stuff. He's got like a million dollar smile. His personality is top drawer. Uh, and people are like, oh, that was a hit. You know, that was an illegal hit, you know. And there's been a lot of like people on Colorado message boards being like, I saw somebody suggesting via message board geniuses that they ought to sue that pl- player that hit Travis Hunter late out of bounds. Dirty hit, right? Travis yeah. Hunter's take on it. Uh, good football play that guy was doing what he was supposed to do if you're out there on the field long enough bad things are going to happen uh and i hope to be back in a few weeks and then somebody yeah. was like lol you got rocked and he was like yeah i got smacked and laughed yeah and i was like god good. damn it, this is the fucking coolest guy but alive my uh my take on the attention thing is for a couple of years now i mean and for a lot of years now i, I think college football has been inordinately focused on the sec and in particular you know you've got the bama and the lsu and georgia yeah really the sec has dominated all of college football espn has taken a profit interest in the sec you've got a little bit of ohio state in there and some michigan from time to time but for the most part with with the absence of usc on the national stage the last 10 years college football has become really regional yeah all of the focus and all of the attention is really for the most part like 80% of it goes to that to the south. And this year I think we're seeing the collective um uh, attraction everybody had to like let's talk about something else. And it just so happens that it was only one thing and they all, and it's and it's Colorado. Because yeah. I mean there are other good stories but not like Colorado good. And yeah. everybody everybody is just gravitating so hard like a, an overcorrection away from, I mean, because the SEC seems normal this year, right? They're not very good. Alabama doesn't look great. Um, Georgia yeah. struggled in the first half of its game against South Carolina last week. There doesn't appear to be a dominant player. LSU got trucked by Florida State. So, you know, I think that if, if I had to say, like, what is it? It's the collective rest of the country being like something else, finally. and the, And the networks just have to respond to that because they are whores and they have to chase the money. Um, and the money right now is in Boulder with, you know, with Deion Sanders and The Rock and Offset and, you know, all the pro athletes that are there. That's what that's my take on it. I, I don't hate it necessarily. It, you know, as a fan of a school that's like got a pretty cool story going, it's like you feel a little bit like, hey, wait a minute. 
But at the same time, I'm like, fuck it, dude, we're only three games in, and we haven't played anybody. Like, maybe it's better if the spotlight doesn't come on us for a little bit, and we'll see We'll see what's what, like how real our defense is before we got to deal with that kind of spotlight. Because I do think this week, you know, it's going to be rough for Colorado, um, and they're going to have they're going to have a coming back to earth moment. And, and you know, and we'll all look back fondly at the, the month of Dion. That's true, man. But yeah, I mean, I guess I'm just a prisoner of the moment on it. I'm just like three goddamn weeks. Can we talk about anything else? Forgot or, you know, I mean, you're exactly right. What I really want to say is, can't, why are we not all talking about Michael Penix Jr. 100% yeah. of the time? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and maybe we will be like, you want to be doing that at the end of the year and not at the beginning of the year. So that's my trade. I'll be like, if we get that at the end of the year, great. You know, uh, uh, a couple other things I want to say about the Colorado game. Uh, Jay Norvell, you know, I mean, it looked like there was like, they showed some interactions between him and Dion, either like pregame or postgame. And it looked like, you know, things were like, maybe it's pro wrestling, but maybe it was like a little bit of chippiness or something like that. And Norvell, to my mind, had won the game because I think they were up, uh, were they up seven or eight there before that punt? Did you watch the game? I don't, I don't remember. Uh, I'm going to go back to the score. I'm telling you, dude, even if they had had it won, Dion called it in. Dion was like, I'm not giving you your cut of the blender sunglasses if you go ahead and beat me in this game. Norvell had to lose. Like, it was his – he – they did – they they combined forces to, to gin up a little controversy, sell, you know, $10 million worth of sunglasses. They're all they're, – each of them probably got a nice little, nice little spiff off that. But – Dion probably had to call him in the fourth quarter and be like, Hey man, like I'm, I'm actually supposed to win this game. Okay. So here are my two coaching problems with Jay Norvell. Okay. Uh, <laughs> they have the ball with, you know, right around like, you know, under three minutes to go right before they punt the ball away to, uh, and they hit a beautiful punt, right? They pin Colorado back at the two and sure Sanders has to drive the whole field, which he does. And it's awesome. They had a fourth and short. It was in Colorado territory and they're up eight. Right, so the worst thing that can happen if you don't convert a fourth down is exactly what happened. Hmm. And if you get five yards or whatever it was, I mean, it was in that neighborhood, the game is over. So, like, try to win the game. And the second thing, exact same point, Colorado inexplicably elects to take the ball first in overtime and forfeits their decision. So both of the first two overtime periods, it's Colorado with the ball first and Colorado state gets to know what they need. Right. So Colorado scores a touchdown on their first possession. Colorado state comes back and Colorado, like you talked about with their defense, they are having problems stopping these guys. Right. So Colorado state gets their touchdown. Why are we not going for two here? I don't know. You're a 20 plus point dog on the road. You're here. What and you know, it's like the thing we used to talk about with Chip Kelly all the time when he was at Oregon. What is the last thing Colorado wants to see right now? It's you going out in formation to run a play. Because Colorado State was running these crossing routes all day that Colorado had no answer for, especially once Travis Hunter went out. I hear you. So anyway, I was mad I about that. Say, and I, I, I was mad say. that I have to wait another week to hate on them. For a guy who doesn't like talking about Colorado. I was mad about this. <laughs> You're still talking about Colorado. You uh, you seem to enjoy talking about Colorado. Colorado yeah, no, I love hating them. So it's fun. It's good. It's working yeah. out for me, too. I'm getting my – believe me, I'm getting my beak wet on this thing. Yeah. I'm not going to let right? all these – all the, the the love parade, you know, have all the fun. I'm yeah. just sitting here just waiting to hate. 
There you go. All right. And it's going to happen. How about, let's move on really quickly. Utah and Weber State. But yeah, let's 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 bang out these. Utah beat U- Weber State because that was a not fair game. Um, WSU hammered Northern Colorado because that was a not fair game. UCLA beat someone called North Carolina Central because that was a not fair game. Thirty-five zero in the first quarter. <laughs> these are all no. These are all no line FBS FCS games. But, but, then we come to Stanford and Sac State, a no line. FBS versus FCS school at Stanford, and I'll be damned if the with the Stanford head coach, you know, his former school, Sacramento State, didn't go out and just beat those those Stanford Cardinal. What do you think about that? Uh, he coached them up too good. That's what I say. I think yeah. you get a pass on that. That's the only FCS school you're allowed to lose to is the one you just left. That's true. He'll probably he'll probably get by on that because he'll be like, I, I did a good job. I really recruited well, and man, that's a that's a well oiled machine that I left behind. And this might be one of those things you remember, like back when we were kids, they used to do like a an NFL film style story of the season for every team. Yeah, and like if he did one on Stanford this year, the concern is that it was in week one they traveled to the island. <laughs> And yeah. dominated Hawaii. And then subsequent games were played. <laughs> then at the end of the season, the coach gave out awards. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. I'm concerned uh, for them. If you're losing to Sac State, I don't know. if uh, Can we look at this schedule? And, yeah, I mean, it's just all Pac-12 the rest of the way, and we're finishing at home against a top-10 Notre Dame team. Not great. So maybe at home against Arizona, one of their better chances to get a win this upcoming week, and then at home against Cal in the game on the 18th. Other than that, looking like a lot of L's. I would say probably the most embarrassing loss of the conference this week, just because of the FBS-FCS thing. But down the road, in, uh, in Tempe, Arizona State... First of all, took the field as a home dog to Fresno State. Yep. And second of all, that line was not big enough for Fresno. Yeah. I significantly underestimated how much Fresno was going to beat the shit out of ASU by. Yeah, so ASU 1-2, and two, their one win, a barely win against Southern Utah, uh, and similar position to Stanford, and frankly with a worse win. I mean, like this is going to be a real. Do, do these teams play each other? They miss each other. I think I didn't see. Oh, that's bad news for both of them. Yeah, someone <laughs> someone could have got a win there. Yeah, uh, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, Arizona State turned the ball over eight times. It's too many. Yeah, that divides evenly. Um, that's two per quarter. Yeah, can't you can't be that. given Jeff Tedford eight extra possessions. Jeff Tedford, one of the best coaches who could, you you know, like arguably you could have hired like, yeah, you know, like you, you weren't, you went, you know, and, and got a 32 year old coordinator, first time coordinator. Um, when you went to hire your coach, Jeff Tedford's just coaching his ass off at Fredo right now. And, you know, easily one of the top five coaches on the West coast. Um, I don't know if he's interested in going back to the, you know, to the, to the power five and to the pack, you know, 12 for one year and then wherever, but, uh, you probably owed it to yourself to give him a call. Um, yeah. 
I wonder if they're just thinking like, well, he's like a spent force, you know, like we, we saw the best of what he had to offer and those years are gone and he's not going to want to recruit as much or whatever. We need a, a recruiting dynamo. And Dillingham, I guess, was like really an Arizona State guy. Uh, yeah, right uh-huh. but, uh, I mean, maybe he'll be good. I, I read an article to that effect or something like that. So, I, you know, too early to tell. They were such a mess when he showed up. But uh, I, if you're Jeff Tedford, I, I'm thinking about the sunset of Mike Price's coaching career at UTEP. Isn't like a nice Mountain West job, kind of free from the pressure. You still get to coach football. You've seen basically everything the game has to offer. You know what I mean? You're not really going to be surprised by anything. Yeah. Not a bad life, dude. If it was me, I might, I might, you know, shoot for the San Diego State job. Yeah. You know, might as well live in golf in San Diego. I mean, Fresno, I guess, isn't that bad. But um, and I know you love and I know you love El Paso. So, I mean, I'll say that's that's desirable as well. But yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah it's possible that that Tedford's totally content. Um, you know, just at Fresno, just kicking the living shit out of Arizona State in their own stadium. Um, but you know, I would I would think that if you're ASU, you could you could have probably called him and see if he wants to be your coach. And let's let's not skip over a, a third team that was in danger this weekend. California was trailing at the half to Idaho. They were they were down seventeen nothing at one point. Yeah, that's we, not great. Yeah, we are talking about a Vandal squad that are, that whomped Nevada already this season. Big Sky team. I mean, this is they got something going in the uh, Kibbe Dome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were down seventeen nothing. They got to be feeling at that point like this is this is happening. Like, I mean, Cal comes back and what they score like thirty one straight points. But thirty one unanswered. It was not happening. So I mean, yeah. I guess it's good for Cal, but <laughs> I don't know. I that seemed. It's a weird, it's a weird game. You don't want to be going down seventeen nothing to Idaho under any circumstances. And then, like, good on you for going thirty-one nothing to close it out. Like, that's a good thing. But like you said, that's just, it's just, just weird. I don't like it. No, Jade, not in this game. No, that that hurts. Yeah, I mean that explains some of it, but still doesn't explain how your defense gives up seventeen straight points to open the game. Jade, not unfortunately. Expected to be ready for the game against Washington this week. Damn. I would prefer. What about, let's see, let's go to the desert or yeah, back to the desert, Arizona. Looks like they beat UTEP pretty convincingly. What did you take from this game? If you know anything about it? I know absolutely nothing about this game. I don't even know what channel it was on. I think I might even watch a little bit of it, Uh, but uh, that's what you would expect Arizona to do. That's fine. That's good for them. They've, they passed it. Passed the test. Good, Good for them. All right. Oregon uh, beat Hawaii by more than 37 and a half points, which means they covered um, a fairly substantial line, which is pretty good. Um, and we're not going to learn anything from that. This week, Oregon gets the pleasure of playing Colorado uh, in Austin, so we'll talk about that in a minute. Let's see. Wait, you have any take takeaways from that game? I mean, I don't. I mean, Hawaii. No, it's just like yeah, Hawaii. Yeah. Is, Hawaii lost to Sacramento State by the transitive property, and they looked okay in their first game against Vanderbilt. But I believe Vanderbilt lost last week to somebody just shocking. Like Vanderbilt might be god awful. Yeah. So they're just waiting for baseball season over there. Big baseball yeah. school. Um, Oregon State was at home to San Diego State. Didn't. 
look great. I mean, I think San Diego State's. Uh, I kind of view them as a legitimate team, like the like the the you know they're the thirteenth Beatle in our conference. They should have been. Um, yeah. You know, in, been, in bygone years. Yeah, that would have been nice. Um, they, I, I just, I don't know. They, they put up like twenty six. Yeah. I don't know. I would have felt. I feel like going into this week's game, arguably the game of the week in the conference this week for them. I, I would have liked to have had a little bit smoother of a. I don't know. A little bit smoother of a game. The twenty six to nine or whatever, I guess, is okay. But I, I, I read some tweets and saw some consternation about their offense not looking great. You know, there's some tape now, right, of DJU um, in this Oregon State offense, and so you know, teams might be adjusting a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately they were. I mean, they were twenty four and a half point favorites. They did not come close to covering. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's I don't know. They they looked okay. I just it, it was a legitimate opponent, and they looked you know, and they win comfortably at the end of the day. Yeah, that's fair enough. Fair enough. That's so I'm I'm fine with that. And then that leaves us. That's everybody, right? That seems to be everybody. Okay, then Washington. Like you said, just a bunch of terrible games. For talking yeah, I mean, about what an awful slate, man. Uh, Washington went to Michigan State, went to East Lansing, the back end of the home and home, where uh, the Kalen DeBoer's coming out party last year in Seattle. Uh, Washington went into a Michigan State team that was reeling from the uh, Mel Tucker, uh, ultimately ended in his firing. Uh, you know, so he's ripped away from the team. The program's in disarray. They're bringing back Mark D'Antonio. They're, they've gotten a, a long time, you know, guy bleeds, Spartan Green, assistant coaching the team for that game. Washington could have given a shit about any of that. They just, Washington came out and, uh, uh, I'll say it, they ripped their dicks off. It wasn't pretty. I mean, the Mel Tucker saga at Michigan State is defined by two very clear trajectories, which is the taking over, you know, a pretty down and out program, and then in his second season winning 11 games with Kenneth Walker, right, and then parlaying that into that huge contract. Yeah. And that ended last year when he brought Michigan State into Husky Stadium as the ninth-ranked team in the country. Obviously, the ranking was a preseason ranking, not based on results. Yeah. And Washington kicked the living shit out of them in Husky Stadium. That's the one bookend of his uh, downfall because it's been pretty much they, they did not play well for the rest of the year, did not have a particularly good season last year. I believe they went five and seven. Yeah. Fast forward to this season, they beat two nondescript teams, nobody great. Mel Tucker gets himself suspended. The final game for which he's actually the head coach, even though he wasn't there, he was on suspension is the other bookend Washington game where Washington could have beat these guys by 100 if they had wanted to. Oh, yeah. This is like very much gentleman Kalen DeBoer territory here because uh, 35-0 at the half and Washington absolutely took their foot off the gas in the second half. Yeah. I mean, they Michigan State could not do anything in this game competently. And Michael Penix could have thrown for – an unlimited number of yards. I believe he almost had 400 yards at halftime. He almost had three wide receivers who had 100 yards each at halftime. He had two guys over 100 yards, and there was another one who was like in the 90s in yards at halftime of this game. I mean, even with Washington kind of not, you know, being as ruthless as they could have been, it's the most, I saw it was the most yards Michigan State had ever given up at 713. Um it was, I mean, the first play of the game, you know, we line up uh, and we throw kind of like a middle deep pass to Jalen McMillan. And it's like 
and he he was so alone in their defensive backfield. Yeah. And it's just like, you, oh, we're doing this exact same thing again. And you're just like, you know that's one of the guys they talked about guarding. Yeah. <laughs> how how possibly could Kalen DeBoer and Ryan Grubb have schemed this up so this guy's just like yeah. doing jumping jacks and nobody – I mean, the field is only so big. How is there nobody within 15 yards of him if you, like, draw a 15-yard circle with him in the middle of it? Yeah. How could that have happened? Yeah, and it wasn't the fourth receiver, the fifth receiver. It's like, yeah, no, this is this is the other really good one. Yeah. Arguably, Washington has four wide receivers who, if you picked a random Power 5 team out of a hat, um, would be their number one receiver. Uh, know, not, every, not every Power 5 school. I mean, so, you know, obviously, there's, there's a lot of Power 5 schools who have a good receivers, but, like, Jeremy Bernard is good as hell. Like, he's good as hell. He's great, and, and I really liked that uh, we got him into the end zone on the first drive. That's always a, a fun thing to do. Yeah. You, you <laughs> that, made the right that's, decision. like, a little a little mean. You made the right decision, son. Here's here's some points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's – I mean, Jalen Polk is, is, is so good. He's I mean, so he, good. He's so good. He goes and high points the ball – like, I, I, I mean, Romo Dunze did it a couple times this game. He's so good. Jalen McMillan. I, I mean, like I saw in week one of the NFL, someone made a joke about Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver not being as good as Washington. And I kind of laughed it off. And now I'm like, no, that's 100% true. Yeah. Like, like, like these guys, they are, we will never have a wide receiver core at Washington that is this good again. And Was I've there- seen actually people debating that because of the, Dante Pettis, John Ross, um, who's the third guy? Um, Ancient history. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've seen them debating it, and I'm like, this is not a debate in my mind. Like, you can't. This is no, no, Jalen. Yeah, because like, yeah, it's just, it's just not. Now Ross offers something that none of those guys offer in terms of his stop start. It does, uh, yeah. I agree with that. But these guys are all six two, six three. Yeah, these are all NFL wide receivers. These are like NFL wide receivers, all playing in college. And Pettis and was a monster for us. But these fair. guys seem like they're. I mean, there's just. I mean, Jalen Polk is the trump card because if anybody you throw up there is not going to be as good as him. Yeah, I mean, he's he is a. I mean, to me, I I can't tell the difference. You know what I mean? I don't know he's how much wide is this... receiver one. He's wide receiver one. Yes, yeah. he is. If you just go into the if you just go into the hat and you pick out a school and it's like oh Oklahoma State he's the best wide receiver in Oklahoma State yeah all right I, I put it back in the thing you know uh, you know Miami like he's the best receiver on Miami's team right now yeah like you know like I threw it back in the thing oh, I got uh, North Carolina State Wolfpack oh yeah he's the best receiver I mean and Jeremy Bernard is is not far behind him and would be the best receiver on a number of Power Five teams as well but Jalen Polk is like very very squarely our third receiver. There is not a, a secondary we are going to face who has a third defensive back that that's a fair fight, you know? I mean, it's just teams teams that are going to stop, you know, Penix this year in, in the offense are going to, are going to do it with pressure um, and getting Penix to make mistakes because any game like the game we just watched where he can sit back there and throw the ball to these guys, yeah. they're going to be open because they're better than any secondary in college football. Yeah, they're they're they are amazing to watch. They're amazing to watch. All right, uh, how'd we do on picks last week? You won the week at eight and three. 
Let's I was go. at seven and four with Worm, Adam, and Kellen. Butchart was at six and five with Tubby. So you are leading at twenty three and eleven, and I mean Butchart by virtue of the fact they didn't play one week is in last at twelve and twenty two, and the rest of us are kind of interspersed there. You've got a, a two game lead over uh, Worm and Tubby. He's your next closest. That I mean, that's just called taking care of business during the non conference season. There you go. Well, we're into conference play. Short slate of games to pick this week. And God bless it. This is always such a sweet moment every year in the podcast when all of a sudden, instead of having to pick 12 games a week, we get to pick six. Love it. It's the best. And then we got some bye weeks coming up. We'll only get to pick like four and five. It's going to be the best. Um, Let's start off on ABC, the game everybody wants to see. Colorado and Oregon. Uh, did you see that? Uh, do you see the Mad Dog on first take today? You know who Mad Dog is. I did. I do know who he is. I don't. I didn't see what he had to offer. Uh, he was just great. He was just you know he's like this ancient New York sports radio legend. Uh, he had the show with Mike Francesa, uh, and now he's like goes on Wednesdays on first take. Uh, and he here was his plan for Saturday: is he's going to get up? I guess his wife's out of town or something. He's going to take the dogs for a walk. He's going to come back to the house. He's saying this all on ESPN. He's going to get a gummy, cut it in half, have the first half of the gummy during uh, Florida State in Clemson. Mm-hmm. Then he's going to make a cocktail. Then, he's, <laughs> then he goes, then when I'm nice and sauced, I'm going to have the second part of the gummy. And I'm okay. going to call up uh, my bookie, Fat Rob. He's okay. saying this on TV. And... And then he goes, I'm just saying this for TV, but you know, but it's clear in the way he's saying that this is exactly what's going to happen. Yep. And then he goes, then I'm going to bet 10 dimes on Colorado against Oregon. It is a big number, 21 points. Um, (laughs) And then he's like, I'm going to root like hell for the bus. And he's trying to come back because he last week was where I am this week in terms of like fucking enough already. (laughs) No, now he's all in. It's, It's 21 points. It's that, that I'm, if Colorado had a defense uh, to speak of of any kind, I would, you know, and Travis Hunter wasn't hurt. I would think they could cover this. I'm worried. I don't know. Do you think Dion has the magic to keep this game within 15 points, 20 points? Here's the deal. Is that, uh, uh, what's uh have you ever seen those like still photos of like swimmers, uh, where they're like coming up for a breath, but it's like right before the water tension breaks. Yeah. Right. So like I bring that up because like I think that like the Dion factor, as long as it stays close, they'll believe a little longer than they should. And that thing will hold together. But when it when she breaks. It it's going to be substantial is my thought, like when the spell breaks. And it will break they will have some ugly days. Yeah. This feels like 45, 20 to me. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think like, I mean, uh, Colorado's probably aware, at least their coaches are aware that they are playing for their lives from the first snap of this game. And it's probably good for them that they ended up in a surprisingly close game last week when they were a big favorite, you know, because they need to be locked from jump. And, as like I said, as long as this stays close, they'll believe and you know, any you know, anything's possible. Uh, you know, Oregon certainly didn't have the world's greatest secondary last year, even with the uh Christian Gonzalez guy who went in the first round. 
Um, and Shadur Sanders is a. I mean, I agree he's up there among the best quarterbacks in college football. So I think it's possible if that Colorado can keep this thing close. But I think, yeah, I don't know. That the other funny thing about I'm going to pick Oregon, so I'll just get that out uh, to cover it and cover it easily. The other funny thing about this game is the uh, before people really knew that every week the theme in Colorado is going to be, you know, hunting for disrespect. Yeah. Uh, Dan Lanning had that great quote when it looked like the Pac-12 still might survive and Colorado was the first team that had jumped post-USC and UCLA. He was like, the hell's Colorado ever done in this country? Dan Lanning was exactly right about that. He was like, yeah. who cares? Like, yeah, <laughs> what have they ever done in this conference? Yeah, I think that might actually play into this a little bit. I, I, I could see Oregon if they get up, like, they've been gassing it a little bit this year, what, 81 points on Portland State or whatever, so they might they might give a little extra for Dion. So I, 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 we're both taking Oregon to cover this. I mean, yeah, these are two schools that, right, you know, especially, you know, this version of Colorado and Oregon all, at all times in recent history, they don't mind the eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I got the, I got the Ducks, and I got to say, I'm not going to be upset when the Ducks win. Fair enough. I am. <laughs> all right. Uh, how about this? Another hell of a game. There are two games kicking off at 1230. If you're watching your ABC or Fox stations, you're watching two great Pac-12 rank-on-rank battles. UCLA going to Utah. I haven't looked for, so I haven't seen any update as to Cam Rising. I was under the impression he'd be about back by now. Well, Utah is, is favored, but only by four and a half. But that that is a line that suggests to me he's going to play. Like I don't know that Utah would be favored if Cam Rising wasn't going to play. Utah will make call Thursday on Cam Rising's availability versus UCLA. I mean, you got Utah. They've got... they got the big win over... Uh, Florida. Florida, right? Yeah. And then they've got the not-so-great win over Baylor, but they did come back and win that. And then they beat Weber State last week. That doesn't count. I don't know, man. I, I, Cam Rising's not playing in this game. I'm going with I'm going with UCLA. They've got the star quarterback. Chip Kelly's got a, a pretty decent team this year that looks okay. Um, I don't know. Um, it's dumb to pick against Utah when they're at home. That's 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 what I that's think too. I'm like, just give me Utah. I'm not thinking too hard about it. I'm gonna take UCLA. I gotta catch up. I love it. Uh, how about a third ranked-on-ranked Pac-12 game? Washington State and Oregon State. Game of the week, for my money. Game of the week. It's the Pac-2 Conference Championship. They are apparently planning uh, potentially on doing some kind of like show of solidarity together, which I think, like, Let's guys, relax. Come on, guys. Like, we don't need to, like, do that. You know, like, at the end of the day, you you were put in this position together like through no like you didn't choose each other so to speak. This yeah. was an arranged marriage type deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and either one of you would bail on the other in a freaking heartbeat <laughs> if you could. So, yeah, basically, your worst fears have come true, which is that yeah. you always what you always you probably in the back of your mind thought, oh man, if any of these people had the opportunity to leave us, they'd do it. Yeah, yeah, it happened. And and now if Brett Yormark were to call up and and like, you know. 
say I can take one of you, but not both of you, and you have to fight it out. Like you're gonna fight it out. Like so, it. I don't. Know, that just it seems odd to me that they're gonna do that. But I get what they're doing. They're trying to gin up uh, excitement for the game. Uh, Pat Chun, the Washington State AD, was on uh, the the uh, John Canzano and John Wilner podcast this week, and I listened to his his little spiel. And and you know they're they're definitely banking on this being a big, a big, you know, three plus million people type game watching it. And that, you know, cause they're, they're definitely pushing hard that the, that the angle of like, we're, we're, we're bigger than you think in terms of our reach. So, yeah. I mean, um, you, know. you know, you, I mean, good, good ish lead in, you'd obviously rather have Colorado, Oregon as your lead in game, but you know, you two ranked pack 12 teams, you're on the major network. Um, the network that doesn't want you, you're on Fox. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's got to be a little, it's got to sting a little bit. Yeah. I'd be interested to hear how they handle that. Um, I'm taking the Beavs. I know you love the Cougs. So what are you going to take them? Of course I'm taking the Cougs. What are you talking about here? We've got an Oregon yeah, State team that's got, we've got some questions about the efficacy of their offense here. Okay. Yeah, I did, I did raise those State very questions. That is swarming around. I mean, Really lost in the shuffle this year with uh, behind Caleb Williams and Michael Penix and Shadur Sanders and you know you know the all the other great quarterbacks in the conference. Cam Ward has been really solid so far this year. Yeah, Ben Arbuckle taught him how to throw the ball forward, which really has helped his statistics. It's changed the game for him, dude. And they can't run, but they can throw. I mean, this guy is really having a season. He's a good little college football player. I think it's a Cam Ward show. I, I'm taking Oregon State just on their defense. I think their defense is good. I think they will scheme it up in a way that makes it really hard for Cam Ward to to you know throw it down the field, and they're going to have to run. And so that's that's my that's my basis for this. It is Oregon State minus three. So I like um, the under on this game if I was betting it. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I'm going to put that in the chat here. Okay. We got a not so good game here. Um, Stanford hosting Arizona. Arizona, who's not that great, is uh, twelve point favorites on the farm. What do you think? That, um, that, that line cannot be big enough. That it has to be Arizona by Arizona's going to win by three touchdowns. Are they? Yeah, I think Jaden Delora. I mean, he turns it over, but like he also pitches it around. I like the Wildcats in this one. I'm tempted to take Stanford here. They're embarrassed. I don't know. It's tough to do. They look. They just lost to. to Got to be, beware yeah. the wounded bear. Beware the wounded cardinal. What has Arizona done this year? Nothing. Um, they lost to Mississippi State, but they, you know, they they made that close. Yeah. They beat Northern Arizona. Okay. They beat UTEP pretty handily. All right, give me Zona. I don't like it though. I could see I could see Stanford keeping this close and only losing by ten. I don't Ooh. know, man. I think like head's got to be down on the farm. You said the number couldn't be big enough in the last game, and here I see a number that I think is honestly not even big enough at where it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. USC is hosting Arizona State, who off their eight turnover game finds themselves thirty four and a half point underdogs in the Coliseum. No freaking way they're keeping it that close. Uh, do you see that Bill Plaschke column? No. 
apparently I've, uh, I've literally been in rural Nevada for the last two days. What are you, Burning I've Man? Seen, I've seen nothing. <laughs> I, no, I was not a Burning Man, but it was two hours outside of Reno. Oh my days! You got like uh, hunting for aliens or something? Not like on a road that wasn't even paved. What was the point of this? It was a client engagement, man. I had to get out there. Okay. All right. I was going to say, if this is what we're doing for vacations, it's it's like real techie, no. I feel. No, like. no, not at all. No. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a right, right, straight over tackle, go to Maui guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's not. Yeah, we don't need to. Not trying to reinvent the wheel here. We're not doing the double reverse here. No. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, well, I'm glad you made it back. Uh yeah. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. So anyway, um, apparently uh, USC suspended the credentials of some young person on the Trojan beat because they asked some questions that Lincoln Riley didn't like. And so Bill Plaschke wrote this column airing out Lincoln Riley and Jen Cohen. Oh, I'm going to go read that. Yeah. I love it. They, I, were, I, what, they what, were like, she failed her first test as the athletic director. Yeah. My, my understanding, I do know the situation you're talking about. I was reading about that. My understanding is basically he reported on a conversation between two USC football players that took place before their, like, official availability began. Yeah. And that's, like, against the rules, and so that's why he got suspended. And, it like, it was a positive piece. It was, like, about how this running back is overcoming his shyness. Yeah. And, and I think the journalistic world is, like, okay, dude, like, what are you doing? Yeah. And Um, like the times reached out to the guy's dad and they were like, they were like, no, that's good. That's how my boy is. That's fine. Yeah. Like, so the, so the affected people didn't appear to have a problem with it, but it's about, I, and then I guess reading the Bill Plaschke piece that I guess Lincoln Riley had an, had a reputation as being kind of like a media tyrant when he was at Oklahoma and people were worried about him when he got out to LA, like a, like a real media market. Uh, and they, you know, it's been so far pretty decent, but this is like the first time that reared its head. So I think there's like a, in addition to, you know, the press corps sticking up for the, the kid who's just working hard. It's also like saying, we're not going to have any of this bullshit. Yeah. 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 Um, um, been around the block here, Lincoln, and you're headed out, you're headed out to the NFL in two years anyway. So, yeah. So you're going to take uh, USC or Arizona State? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll take USC. I mean, I think USC is like, they realize, I mean, who, have they had a game of note yet? No. no not at all. Not at all. They've got Notre Dame coming up uh, in a couple weeks. Oh, they got, they got, oh, God damn it. They got, they're at Colorado next week. <laughs> so fucking they're going to be hosting about that. UW here in not too long. Yeah, so they got Colorado, Notre, uh, and Notre Dame. So they're, I mean, their schedule's coming up. They've got a, yeah, I mean, they've got two weeks from now they got Colorado, then Arizona, then Notre Dame. Right after Notre Dame is Utah, then at Cal. Then to finish the season, they're home to Washington at Oregon against UCLA. It's rough. That's like a real schedule. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I give them a pass for playing a bunch of chumps so far there you go all right but anyway usc is going to win this game and uh they've shown that they will run it on up that leaves us with one final game in husky stadium 
7.30, kickoff, under the lights, Pac-12 after dark if there ever was one. Huskies hosting Cal. They are 20.5 point favorites at the moment. Rules well, of the pod dictate that we take UW. How do you feel about this game? I mean, we've lost to Cal before. We'll lose to Cal again. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, this really not. might be it. This is the first one of these where you're like, I don't know when we're going to play these guys again. <laughs> yeah. They might be gone forever. I feel, I feel pretty good about this line. I mean, I don't know. I felt, I didn't feel good about last week's line. I was way wrong about that, but I don't know. It just seems to me like Cal went down 17, nothing to Idaho. Like that's a, that's a problem. Like you can't do that. Um, yeah, I mean, if I that's you dub. That's gonna be that's gonna be seventy five to nothing in the first quarter. Like you can't like that's that's how that extrapolates. Like seventeen nothing down to Idaho is the equivalent of being down seventy five nothing to UW. and you can't come back from seventy five nothing. Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm very comfortable that Washington's gonna win this game. Um, uh, and I guess it's just like uh, I don't know. I mean, I would I wouldn't bet on that number. I would expect yeah. Washington to cover if I had to. Um, you know, that, I mean, I guess what I'm watching for when I'm watching the game is like, okay, like, you know, the first week this year against Boise, it's like, is it going to be the same as last year? And then the second week against Tulsa is like, well, we won, but we made some mistakes. And then the against Michigan State last week, it's like, oh, my God, we're a juggernaut again, you know? And, like, yeah. these, there, you know, there's always, like, kind of ebb and flow as the season goes on. So it's like, can we handle success? You know, are we going to be sharp? like we were in the first half against uh, Michigan State? Are we going to be sloppy like we were against Tulsa? Uh, you know, I'm just interested to see how we respond to the pressure. And like what you talked about with uh, all the attention being on Colorado, maybe it's not a bad thing. We can kind of lie in the weeds. Schedule-wise, Washington is, you know, home to Cal this week. Then we're at Arizona next week. Always tough uh, trip to the desert. And then the season starts because we're playing uh, Oregon at home. Uh, in the third game from now. Love it. And then really we get, I mean, phew, talk about our clothes yeah. at USC, yeah. home to Utah, at Oregon State, home to Washington State. Yep, it's, that's going to be rough. <laughs> yeah. But really it sets up, you know? I mean, like, it's really like, it's for the way it looks, you never know. We can lose in the desert any old time for sure. But like, you know, I mean, we're, we, we, we you're getting in the dangerous place where you're saying like, well, we're going to be five and zero going to Oregon, or say well, before we play Oregon. I would like that if we were. I would like it too. But anyway, I I mean I think we're going to win. That's that's all I have to say about this game. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Anything else? Uh, not for me. That does it for this week's episode. Of Eligible receivers for Eric. I'm Warren. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next week.